When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's very hot for this time of year. But they walk all year round. Yes. Except for the very July and August. July and August. But even winter, like. Certainly in winter. Winter is the nicest possible time. It's never cold and very rarely rains. So. Except maybe for a day so stormy yeah. or a day with such thundering rain. Yeah. But uh, it's lovely. Plenty of bright sunshine, you know, the really bright winter sunshine. And this kind of weather, it's more for mad dogs and Englishmen <laughs> at this time. Yeah. It's hot now. It's really hot. Who's for water? Here's a nice shaded spot. One of the greatest personal uh, pleasures I have coming out to Port Vange is the proximity of the Pyrenees. I'm a walker in Dublin. I have walking friends. And this is a truly glorious spot. Uh, The Pyrenees are very, very close. They're closer than the Wicklow Mountains would be to Dublin. Uh, They're very steep, so they're quite intimidating to climb. But yet when you get up and you do stop, and the weather is normally glorious... Then you come down, it's downhill, it's straightforward, and really they are stunning mountains. So it is my interest in the mountains made me particularly interested in the, this, this story, which has the mountain as a sort of a, a central theme. The, the leaflet telling um, holidaymakers about the Benjamin story has the map of the actual route on the leaflet with his face, and uh, it immediately pins him to the mountain the mountain story and it makes anyone who's familiar with mountains or are attracted to them fascinated with it. Walter Benjamin, a major philosopher of the 20th century, closely linked to those of the Frankfurt School, 
was born in 1892 in Berlin into a middle-class Jewish family. He studied philosophy at Freiburg University and later became interested in communism. He settled in France in 1933, spent some months in internment in 1939, after he'd got a firm job offer from the United States, attempted to leave France by crossing over the Pyrenees. He died on September 26th in Bouche, Spain, presumed to have committed suicide. I am Anne-Marie Capelli from Geneva, and the energy here uh, in the south is very important to me. Who would bother to make it? I think it's the border. Do you think so? Oh, but not not the present-day border, maybe one of the movers. Yes, yes, it's like all this area that you bordered moved backwards and forwards. So, you know, say Perpignan was in Spain and... Catalonia, it's moved back to Was Perpignan was in Spain? Yes, it's uh, well, Catalonia. Catalan means Catalan. Oh, nice. Which is. Uh, it was Spanish. Yeah. Just now, uh, it ever happened, but the Catalans, as far as Barcelona, they want to make a, a um, separate state. Very emotional when yesterday Kate told me that uh, you are going to uh, to walk on the trail of Walter Benjamin, because it's for years that I'm coming in this region, and I knew that Walter Benjamin uh, had been buried in in Porbu. so um, it makes me reflect back uh, to my Paris time when I was in the 80s in Paris for my PhD. Uh, in history, and I specialized in history of the 19th century, women's history in the 19th century. But for the global understanding of what the modernization uh, at that stage uh, would be, the main one of the main references uh, was Walter Benjamin, the Arcades Project. Walter Benjamin's great opus, Das Passage in Werk, The Arcades Project, was drafted over the 1930s in Paris and finally published in 1982. A vast, unfinished book of 900 pages based on French quotations and German commentary, which attempts to interpret the urban symbolism of 19th century Paris. It has been described as a series of jottings, the reminiscences of an educated flaneur as he glides silkily through the shopping arcades of late 19th century Paris. Most people have heard of Benjamin. Very few people will know much about him because he's a very serious scholarly philosopher. He was a German Jew, uh, also a Marxist, so on all counts he was most unacceptable to the Nazi regime. So he left Germany in the 30s and went to France, which was very much his spiritual home, and he settled himself down in the uh, Bibliothèque uh, Nationale in Paris, and that's where he worked and did all his his serious writing, which really we've heard very little of until he died. It's not generally known. But um, then the war caught up with them. Uh, France fell to the Germans, and uh, there began to be a sense of Jewish people should get moving. The sad and tragic thing about Walter is if he had only gone in time He'd have had no problem. Most of his intellectual friends of the time were already making plans to go to America, where there were jobs waiting for them. And Walter also had a job more or less promised to him in New York in social research. But he dragged his feet. He hated leaving. He hated making his mind up. And he kept hoping maybe it wouldn't be necessary. Finally, 
France did fall in 1940 and the German net more or less was tightening and his friends said, if you don't go, you're not going to get out. His brother, in fact, had already been gone to a concentration camp and died there. Well, that's Sebert. Yeah, that's Sebert. Poor Boo was just in this next little crack here before those hills. So what are we seeing there? That's, that'll be Port de Salva, I think, oh. in Spain. And that's, that's Captain Krauss. The uh, poor Boo is basically down this next little valley. Oh. You can see the road running along the hill. I do, yeah. Well, that's the one going over from Port Boo into Spain, down to, uh, well, you know, further down the coast, Calera and Port de Silva type of place. What was um, doing walking over here, uh, Dr Benjamin? What was he? Uh... He was Jewish, and it was 1940, um, September 1940, and he had an American visa and he had a job in America. All oh, right. So it was a question just of getting there. All oh, right. I don't know if he was seriously worried for his life. So he, he was, was going this way over, not that way. Going yeah, into he was Spain. into Spain because yeah. then he would plan to get a train to Lisbon and a boat. Yeah. And uh, then to New York. He seems to be more concerned that he left behind, he had spent a few years in Paris after he left Germany. And he had loads of books there and he had lodged his manuscript of his latest kind of tome there. And I think it was that he felt that literally there was no life in Europe for him. And it was America or nowhere. He wasn't, he wasn't a very committed Jew in that he didn't really feel he wanted to get to Palestine or anything. No, no. Um, yeah. He had certainly been very interested in Marxism for a certain number of years in the 30s. So he apparently arrived at the door of this woman, Lisa Vitko, who was staying in, in Banyuls or in... She might have been staying in Port Fond, I'm not sure. But he said, um, I met your husband in internment camp and he said that you'd bring me over the border. And she seems to have said, well, fine, and she... She went to the mayor of Banyuls and uh, he gave her a little sketch and he told her to go, you know, take a practice run. Yes. Go up some afternoon, go the first couple of hours, make sure that she knew the way. Um, you went up by a steep vineyard and then you got to a clearing and then there were seven pine trees and you took a right turn here. Yeah. Oh, I see. All right. He had a heart condition, he had very bad feet and he had never taken exercise in his life. So he was in an abominable condition. Anyway, Lisa Fitko said, all right, you know you'll have to climb a serious mountain. It'll be very tough, but I'll help you and you'll do it. He said, yes, he would. He then asked her, would she take another couple of people he had met with him, another Jewish couple, a mother and her son, whose father had been already killed in the war. And so that little party, Lisa uh, Henny Gurland and her son Jose, who were the other two, and Walter, set off one day in September in 1940. The length of the trip was about 16 kilometres, and in fact it did take them about 10 hours. It was an absolutely murderous trip. They, they did a little reconnoitring of the place, and the idea was that they'd do some of it one day, then go back, get properly started, and do it all the next day. However, Walter was so uh, alarmed at how difficult it was for him, difficult breathing, he had to take little rests, he was toting his briefcase, that when they got to the first 
stopping off point where they were just going to take a general look and then go back, he said, I really won't go any further, he said. I'll stay here and wait for you tomorrow. And she protested. She said, you really can't stay in the mountain by yourself all night. He said, no, I don't think I can go back and do it again. So she left him there and he settled down to what has been described as a little clearing where she'd know where to find him. And he settled in for the night. And then the following morning, Lisa and Henny and Jose, the mother and son, joined him again in the dawn and they took up the walk from there. How much water have you, Francis? I have about a third of a bottle. I can give you some. No, where's the empty bottle gone? Oh, you had this one. There, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you just put a little bit in the empty one now? Okay. Starting a walk there. That'd be the tunnel going through. Yeah. Right. And there's the cemetery outside it, you see. And you'd, I take it you'd move away from the town to get into these hills. It seems very near, doesn't it? So that's a, a, a tower, is it? That's a, a fireman's. Would this, oh, would this right. be to fight a big fire on the brush bracken? The yes, yes, brush. they come in yeah. up there in summer. They're yeah. up there a lot, uh, looking all over yes. the... Yes. Well, they check for a little kills. smouldering. Yeah, see if anything, you know, try and get it... Uh, Dealt with, uh, yeah. Early. Well, do they just come up in a, in their their jeeps and yes, check? Yes, four by four, sort of thing. Yeah. Only that, as they say. We have another name for tower because they have mixed fire crews in it. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> well, we call it the Souvenirs Tower, which I'm saying, you know, but why is that too recent? That's ideal now. Looking out, you can see anyone coming up to the tower. Yes, he's a bit of privacy. Half an hour, yes. The, the great her- heroic figure in this is really Lisa Fitko, uh, who, with her husband Hans, 
were very remarkable people because and they were just as, as needing to, to, to go into exile as Walter. But a man called Varian Fry, who was identified with helping French resistance workers and refugees, he asked, after the, the Benjamin episode, he asked Lisa Fitko, would she stay on in Banyols for maybe a year and take people up on a regular basis. This route that she had chosen, you see, was, was a, a, a one which had been discovered in the Civil War with when, when Spaniards were coming the other way, when Spaniards who were on the wrong side of the Civil War, they had to come over the same mountains, but this time they were coming from Spain up to France. And this particular route, which is not the ordinary track, but it's semi-hidden and it has a lot of cover in it. This had been discovered. So it was called the Lister route after a general in Spain. The most distinguished person who had come the other way was Antonio Machada, who was buried in Collure, a little village here also, and they had come up. Now, Lisa and Hans did magnificent work. They brought people, sometimes three times a week, they brought people up to the top of the Spanish border and they released them down and all of those people... Um, arrived safely in America. So nowadays, very recently, in the little town I mentioned, Banyuls, where, where the whole walk starts, uh, they have chosen a, a corner just in a quiet little residential district, but it is very close to the very point where you started off up the vineyards. They have erected a charming memorial to Lisa and Hans. This is to, to walk here. This is quite new, apparently. Now, that little gate should be open. It's rather funny, strange. It's not It's very... And the reason, I'll show you the reason for the suburb, because it's, this is where you would go down the hill for the first steps of the walk. Cela allait de soi, en mémoire de Lisa et Hans Fitko et tous les autres. Entre septembre 1940 et avril 1941, ils guidèrent eux-mêmes menacés des persécutés du régime nazi à l'autre côté des Pyrénées. Leur action courageuse sauva de nombreuses vies humaines. To the memory of Lisa and Hans Fitko and all the many others. Yes. From September 1940 to April 1941, they led, yes. even though they were themselves uh, menaced, at their own menaced, risk. Yes, at their own risk. Mm -hmm. the, the, those the, persecuted by the Nazi regime uh -huh. to the other side I of the Pyrenees. Yes. Mm -hmm. Their courageous action uh -huh. saved numerous mm -hmm. human lives. It's, it's, it's almost like a chapel, but it isn't. <laughs> Look, hmm? it looks almost like a chapel, but it is a transformation. <laughs> Thank you for electricity. <laughs> <laughs> See, this, we're on the very edge of the little village. So this is where they would hope to mingle with the yes. vineyard workers. You see the vineyards ahead. You only go as far as you see where it turns into a trap.
Uh, they didn't really have any problems about anyone seeing them. The problems all came in the terrain. It got very steep and it got very hot because it does still in September once the sun comes up. Walter could only walk for about 10 steps and take a breath and then take another. They really wondered could he do it. He insisted that if they let him do it like this, he'd get there. But he was in very poor condition. His, he was breathing very hard and he was sweating. Uh, but they gave him help. At one point, the young man, Jose and Lisa, actually won very steep vineyard. She has written, written a very good description of it. And she said they had to really take him and drag him up. But they made it right up to the top, to the, to the border between France and Spain, which comes near Port Bou, very, very geographically an extraordinarily beautiful place, wild mountain, and then you're looking down at this Asia Mediterranean, and you're looking at the tiny little coastal villages. So they were able to see that, in fact, they, they, they had only to drop down. At this stage, Lisa Fitko said, look, I have to go back now, because she wasn't going into Spain with them. She was going back to continue this work with other refugees. So you're on your own. And they got down, Walter in poor condition, but he had survived it. And they got down and walked into Port Boo. And they were expecting really now that all the problems would be over. According to Henny Gourland, she arrived in Port Boo on the afternoon of September 25th with her son Jose and Walter Benjamin. They went to the authorities to have their entry visas stamped after an hour, they were informed that people without nationality, as they were classified, were no longer permitted to enter into Spain. They would be returned to France the following morning. They were allowed to spend the night at a hotel, though under guard. Walter, who had, had for a long time, had been carrying with him a dose of morphine so that if there was ever any chance that he was going to be sent back uh, to Germany, he would take it. He assumed this... His, his, his day had come, or his night, and he quietly decided he wasn't going to wait for the police to come in the morning. So during that night, he took his morphine. So this is where he actually... This was where he died that night. There were four rooms upstairs. Yeah. It's fairly, fairly grim now. Yeah, it's grim then. Too, and his body was found under. And his well, no, he actually staggered in. Oh, with Henny Gerland, he called her, didn't he? He called her, and I was taking the morphine. And there was yeah. a professor who was already in the building. who said, "I look after." to go into the museum here, are you? Uh, yes, I. we were just checking our knowledge of Catalan because it said in Catalan it's open from Mondays to Fridays and we had to ask some locals because Spanish is a bit different from, from Catalan but now we are sure that there should be somebody in there but uh, uh, we, ha we are patient. You've already been up to the cemetery, have you? 
Yes, we have, and I think it's a really a breathtaking place. It is a, a unique mixture between landscape, scenic views, and the commemoration of uh, of, a, of a very special man, about whom I have to admit I, I know too little. But um, the name rings a bell. I... The Port Blue authorities took over a large room in an old school, and they decided this would be the Benjamin Sala, or its now begun to be called the casa, which means house, but it's really only a room at this point. In this room, they have put every form of, of souvenir. They've put uh, the cuttings of the day. They've put a model of the hill. They've put a model of the monument. Uh, they've put the, all the documentation which went with his death and from the doctors and so on and what he left behind. And uh, it's very interesting. It's run by... Um, a man called Ari Bass, who is sort of curator. So he starts off, and he was kind of the Berlin yes. academic... And a rich boy, a very well-to-do well family. Yes. And he really... Yes, Well, there was a lot of... I think he was hoping his parents would support him a lot. He suddenly gets old there. very pleasant stay. It was nice meeting you. Thank you very much, so. Bye, good luck. This is very old. Look, they're actually building. These are the the, the huge train lines. Gosh, it was very real. Look at the... Yeah. That cartoon figure of the two guys being shot by firing squad. So this is all Civil War stuff. And yes. Still, 1939, refugees. That will be the Spanish Civil War still coming north. Um, Look at the poverty of the place. Yeah. Very, very Spanish. Here's the very street we're in. This was an old school, apparently. This is these certificates again. Thing from, from that's that they were There's his letter the confirming, and that was in May 18, 1940. Yes, yes. so that was his David so really that's that what letter. galvanized him into. Yeah, you have the advantage of confirming to us have said yes, you can have yeah. the job. No, they don't mention money. You have you have uh, conceded at our demand to read your your uh, studies in. What? Oh, yes, Resident. in the history in the of history the, uh, of the manifestation of yes. the intellectual life in France, particularly yeah. of the literature of the 19th century, yeah. which is, of course, yeah. is part of your work. fruitful research has already been published in the organ of our institute. And this is still uh, more curious. I think that's the... Yeah. Is that the cost? That's the, that's the prior. That's the cost, Is yes. that the cost of the... Of oh, and look, there he is down as Benjamin, Benjamin Walter. Walter. yes, yeah. yes. So what was it? It was 313, 313 pesetas. pesetas. <laughs> it doesn't sound like a lot. No, <laughs> no he, he, had, he was left with a sum of money, about 75 of our pounds now, and that paid for his burial and everything. Unless this is... Actually, that could be it here. But you see there for yeah. five years, mm. for the inter- interring of yes. D. Benjamin Walter, yes. for you, five you, years, years, and it's 90... And it's 93, 93. in all. And Henny Gurland paid for that with the money with in the his money, pocket. Yes. 
and that's his bill, his hotel bill, with two phone calls on it, curiously. No one knows who he made them to, but he had two phone calls on his hotel bill. Place just around the corner. What do you think? Would you like a, a little drink or a coffee? It would be nice. Just, yeah, Little vaults, yeah, yeah with they're, numbered. They're not graves, they're little slots. sliding vaults. You see, in this rocky territory, you can't dig graves very easily. Where is the little stone for oh, I'll show for you. that? We haven't got to that oh, yet. Yeah, that's the centerpiece of the whole thing. Now, yeah. right down here, Walter's grave is number 563 of right. number one. So, uh, Walter Benjamin, Berlin, 1892 to Port Bou, 1940. As his Niemals and So he wrote that, and I think it means there's never a document of culture which is not also at the same time a document of barbarism. Yeah. So it's very symbolic. So, yeah. The cemetery, as I said, is, is, is a particularly striking place. It's on a headland... Uh, a small cemetery made up of little white-painted tombs, not graves, which will each take a coffin, and people buy one of these. So it's very striking because it hangs straight, looks straight down on this glorious blue sea, and it's looking, really, it's already in Spain, and it's looking across back at France. This is all steel, but yeah. it has been allowed to... To get this rusty colour. <laughs> Look at the colour of that stone. It is just wonderful. Yes. It's a bit that's, like the scanner yeah. slate, isn't it? Yeah, that's the coat for my, all this stuff. All that terracotta yeah. colour is terracotta this. Terracotta to red. Vermilion, yeah. 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 Look at there. The, the woman, Henny, who had his, his money, not much, she was taking care of the money when he was ill, she paid for a, a grave and he was put into a little niche that had a number on it, like 563. The other curious thing is that the Spanish got confused about his name. He seemed to have a name which could you could turn it back to front, and it still made sense. It could have been Benjamin Walter. And they thought it was that because he had written it in that form. He had put a surname and a comma and his, his Christian name. Uh, so... They and they all the documentation says that this man, Benjamin Walter, died in Port Boo, and that's what it said even on his tomb. So they assumed he was Catholic. And the little cemetery was a Catholic cemetery, basically, and then it had an add on bit, which was people for people of other faith. But Walter, in fact, was buried in the Catholic bit because of that assumption. And five years later, as no one had ever uh, continued to pay a rent, the French style is that after five years, a grave must be repaid for. Um, 
They removed his body and it went to the common grave, which is not even generally known. So, in fact, there is, there is not a grave of Walter. But, of course, when the whole story of the after the war, when friends and Jewish friends began to come, there was, it was announced that there would be a formal memorial and they said it should be a rather important memorial. So they got a very distinguished Jewish sculpture called Danny Caravan, who has done a lot of work around the world. And he came to Port Bou and he looked at the site and he designed an extraordinary and very striking monument, which is called Passage Inn. Are there 85 steps? We have them going up, yeah. So at the end of these steps, there's a glass panel, and we're looking out at this beautiful bit of sea, but quite rough and rocky. And the, the single whorl, it's a curious little... little yeah. It says the English down the bottom. Yes. Oh, good. Let's see. English. It's more arduous to honour the memory of the nameless than that of the renowned. Historical construction is devoted to the memory of the nameless. Maybe the glass isn't cleaner, isn't it? Yeah, Yeah, it is badly, badly. And then these steps, which you can't obviously access, where you're going literally straight down. Yes, straight down. 88 steps. Yes. 88 steps. 70 to here, and then the bottom is 88. And you notice the ground gives out after there, and that's... You have open air here. So it was literally carved out of the hillside. carved out of the hillside. I think it took about three years, really, from the conception to yeah. the, the finish. And I suppose all the, the symbolism of the passage yeah. and the border crossing and the... No, at first, this is another thing. Caravan, as far as I understand, at first was very tempted to put his monument up on the top hill and to have it include the the wire which is the perimeter of these of the the plot because he felt that the wire had its own very important symbolism but then he decided against this but you he still has a place which is a sort of an outlook and you look down on the whole site including a wire fence That olive tree is, is, was very symbolic. It's old, it has been beaten about by the wind for years and years, and it survives. So this is the fairly, um, it's quite a discreet little sign for, for the uh, passage and the homage, isn't it? Yeah. Danny Caravan's Place of Remembrance, Passage has been established at the Spanish border town Port Bou in memory of Walter Benjamin, 1892, Berlin, 1940, and Port Bou, and European exiles in the years between 1933 and 1945. 
This place was jointly financed by the Federal Republic of Germany and by Government of Catalonia with organisational assistance from Arbeitskreis. Arbeitskreis Selbstständiger Kulturinstitute in Bonn. So the project was also supported by private donors whom the organisers warmly thank. And then yeah. these are the actual parts of it. So the first yeah. part is the the swirling water waves and rocks. Yeah. That was the bit mm-hmm. we saw at the end yes, of the Yes, that was shows. There it is. Look, you see the three little the three little sources of mm-hmm. swirling water. And then the corridor with the eighty five yeah. steps which we walked down. When okay. I said the olive tree yes, is officially part of it. It is, yes, but they all are. Yeah. And now look And then we we stood on that platform which had the which, barbed wire in yeah. front of it. Yeah. And then the grave of Walter, Walter Benjamin no, niche number five six three. But all we can say is there is such a grave, but there's no mark yes. on it because it was only his grave for that length of time. And then the plaque there. And the plaque. The plaque to his tomb. Yes. See, there's the tomb. A. There it is. I don't know what that plaque. Oh, the plaque that is was just where on the, the, the nice piece of stone with yes, the uh, sort of cross shaped on the ground. So the yes. whole thing is really yes. the, the monument. Yeah. Uh, I am from Irish Radio and I'm making a radio programme on. Vulture Benjamin, mm-hmm. and I've just been up. I've been to the little Casa Benjamin, and I've been to the cemetery and the, the monument. Would you talk to me a little bit about do many people come through? Are they interested? Yes, they are yeah. interested. Yes, but overall, um, German student people, the English and French, not at all. Overall, uh, German people. And is that because of of the Jewish connection or the philosophy or? From time to time, I find some Jewish, uh, Jewish connection, because they come from uh, anyway. I don't know, and so the history of Jewish. Uh, it's important. Ben- to them. It's important for them. Yes, they, they visit the, the cemetery, the the monument, and they visit the the, the the little museum. That's all. And is it mostly in the summer? Do you get people all year round, or all the, during all the year? Because I'm, I work here during the winter also, and they come for, for this. They visit anything we have about Benjamin. And are they, do they know that there are plans to make a, a bigger museum? Yes, this is the idea. But, uh, the idea from, from Danny Caravan and his friend, uh, Mr. Foster. It depends on the government's uh, help from, from Europe. I don't know. It will need a lot of money. Oh, my. Yes, really, <laughs> really. It's a big, uh, a big building, and it will be hard. <laughs> it will be very interesting, but uh, we need the money for to do the, all these things, you know. Increasingly, the Benjamin uh, story is becoming almost the main reason for visiting Port Boo, so the authorities now have planned a major building, which will be a memorial building, and a very major architect, who is Norman Foster, is designing it, and this, in a couple of years, will be a very striking monument. Everything is so early this year. Incredible. And would the Pyrenees be special for some certain types of plants? Um, well, this immortal, really, I think. 
I've never seen them elsewhere. Those tiny little yellow ones. Yes, yes. They're nice. They're special. And also, when you come at Easter, you have these ones. They are all in flower with a uh, with a very soft pink flower. Oh, beautiful! Every part of the uh, year has another color. Mm. Now it's almost the end of the flowering. So, well, what you can see here is the um, the blackberry. Is it? Yeah, with uh, little violet flowers. Yeah, these there. are nice, and they are on now. But other flowers are. It's almost the end. And when you come here, end of the summer, everything will be dry, dry, dry. Crisp, dry. Yeah. Like it's like a desert when you come mm. at the end of the summer. For me, as a historian, coming from sociology, not being uh, attached to one single academic discipline. I love him because he also is on the border of disciplines. He is philosopher, uh, literature person. I mean, he he didn't want to define himself for one discipline, and I think that is wonderful. This is the way we should think. It should be like an osmosis between fields of work and research fields, and not, you know, become an expert in one, but be open to different viewpoints on the same reality and that I think is one of the big richness of of this philosopher now when we take our last photo would you take the three of us I will okay and uh, last job I'll sit down and sit down one on the right yeah be nice you just got the uh, the peak in the background that might be nice she's close okay lovely writer Hannah Arendt described Walter Benjamin in this way. His erudition was great, but he was no scholar. His subject matter comprised texts and their interpretation, but he was no philologist. He was greatly attracted, not by religion, but by theology, but he was no theologian, and he was not particularly interested in the Bible. He was a born writer, but his greatest ambition was to produce a work consisting entirely of quotations. If you enjoyed this documentary, you might like to listen to our other Documentary on One productions. Visit rte.ie forward slash docononone. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.